0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and personal financial specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into another edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts, episode number 102. And we're going to talk about minding the gap. Mind the gap mining the gap what is that we're gonna not mining it minding it so, minding yes
1: yes pay attention to that gap that's
0: right we're gonna get into that in just a second here and i got the idea Phil actually uh we were talking on our last podcast you kept saying we got to watch out for a gap you kept you said it a couple of times actually yep. so i thought well hey let's let's see what the gap is and dive into that a little bit you know have you ever been to london no nope, never been okay so they call it the tube the subway right okay and yep all the yep. tube. And they have little signs in different places when you're transitioning from the platform. And they may I don't know, I've, it's been a long time since I've been in New York or seen, been on one here in the States. But when you transition from the platform to the car, to the subway car, it says, mind the gap, right? Yep. So that you don't trip, fall, step into the thing, whatever, right? Because that would be yep. bad, you know? So uh, that's kind of the idea here. Let's mind some financial gaps so that we okay. don't step into it and, uh, and get ourselves into some trouble. So I've Sounds got good. four here. I want to go through just to kind of have you break them down for us a little bit, and let's start with the first one, which is really the biggest one. I think this is the one pretty much everyone thinks about. They may not even think about these other ones, but it's the paycheck gap. Yep. Got to, I've gotten to retirement date. Uh, I've left work. I got no paycheck no more.
1: Right? How, how does all this work? Yeah, it's how does all this work? Yeah, it's funny. It's one of the, the first questions that that comes up after we've done planning with a client, we've got all the things figured out and, you know, their plan works great. They've got more yeah. than enough to, to live on. And, you know, we've got the plan for social security and pension and Roth conversions, whatever, all the pieces in their plan. Mm-hmm. And, and as we're starting to look at investments and this is how it fits together, go like, okay, so, so how does this work? How, how do I get this money that I, I'm going to need, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you're used to getting a paycheck direct deposited in your bank once a month, every other week, whatever that schedule has been for you. So, We've kind of built our spending pattern around this. And, and how does that work? It. We still right. it's so. Absolutely. You know, for us, our clients, the way we do it is, is typically we set it up on a monthly basis. Whatever that day of the month is that, that you want to get paid, you know, we'll have that direct deposit go into your account from whatever investment that is in our soon bucket that's funding that uh, that income need. So, but yeah, it's, a, it's an important point, more for just peace of mind, you know, but also- True what is it, how is it built into your plan? If you haven't yeah. thought about that, you know, you can't just look at, look at the big number and say, Oh yeah, I've got enough. And okay, well, how do you make that work? Where is it coming right. from? you
0: got to turn it in to, the, to the mailbox money, you know, that yep. we used to think about ETF or whatever now where it's just, you know, um, coming right or EFT. I got it backwards.
1: E, yep, yep. There, it, what's yep. coming in.
0: Yeah. So our EFT is coming into our account probably from some ETFs, right? Yeah, that's
1: <laughs> right. So it could be selling ETFs. To, yeah.
0: So yeah, that's the first gap we've got in mind is that paycheck gap, getting comfortable with that transition of no longer receiving that weekly paycheck or biweekly or monthly or however you got paid, and now taking from our actual assets and investments and the things that we've spent all our time accumulating. So that's the first one I had, Phil. Now, the concept of retiring earlier uh, has certainly shifted. We talk about Mm -hmm. it many times on the show. and so let's kind of look at it this from, from this standpoint, if you're pulling the trigger early. Okay. Mm -hmm. So let's say 55, 57, 59, 60, 61, whatever. If you pull the trigger and retire, then you have got to mind the social security gap. And then you also got to mind the Medicare gap. Now that's going to shift a little bit, but obviously you can't start pulling those until a certain
1: age. Right. Yeah. So I mean, the earlier you retire, it, it opens up more, I don't want to call it challenges, but things we have to look at. Right. So Social Security is one of those, you know, if you're retiring prior to 62, it's not even an option, you know, so all of whatever you need, till that point is coming either from your investments, or maybe you've got a pension that would be, you know, you're eligible for maybe that gives you a portion of it. Um, But even if you retire, even let's say at 62, I mean, it, you know, is 62 the right age for Social Security? I mean, what's, you know, what's your strategy around Social Security? Probably is going to make sense for most people to delay it to some extent, kind of, you know, depending on health and a lot of other factors. So there could still, even if you retire in that 62 range, be a gap that you have to bridge to get to whatever the age is of Social Security. And that's still not going to provide all the income, but, Mm -hmm. you know, at that point provides a little bit more on average, it's maybe around 40%. It's kind of where I see big picture, you know, most people could be more or less depending on what your spending is what your total combined securities average. are. yeah, That's so, the
0: average. Okay. Yep. And then of course the Medicare gap is the big one.
1: Yes. And that's even a, a bigger one because I mean, health insurance, you know, in, in the world we live in today is extremely costly. Oh, yeah. It costs some money. You know, So I mean, if you're retiring significantly earlier than 65, I mean, you, know, you mentioned even like mid fifties, late fifties. I mean,
0: it's been like happening five
1: more. to 10 years of, of paying medical premiums out of your own pocket. I mean, that's, that's a big number. You absolutely have to understand that and have built that into your plan.
0: And do you find that is a, is that a big deterrent? Like mm -hmm. I I would think that that could be, even if you're pretty, pretty good, ready to, you know, like from a financial standpoint, the the plan looks like it's going to hold together. You could retire early and sustain it for a long, you know, longevity is the medical thing. The one that Mm -hmm.
1: maybe throws Mm -hmm. the final wrench in and says, you know what, we just, just, we shouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of clients that, you know, we've run the math and I mean, most clients are in their 60s, early 60s, you know, where they're thinking of it and, you know, and then we get to that medical discussion and, and yeah, sometimes even though financially, hey, you can do it when you start to look at, well, here's the reality of medical, right? So right. probably is going to make sense to, to go on um, Cobra, which, I mean, cool. thinking back in the day, it's like, oh, Cobra, are you kidding me? That's the, uh, you know, it's outrageous. Well. Yeah. If you shop it today, actually it's probably a pretty good deal. <laughs> yeah. It's surprising too. Nobody
0: it's it's become yeah. the um it's become the annuity of the medical, like the annuity term of the medical side. Yep. for a lot of people, you say annuity and it's a trigger word. They go, I don't want an annuity. I don't want to talk yeah. about it. I hear they're all bad. Yep. Sometimes yep. you say cobra and people go, Oh man, it's crazy expensive.
1: Well, yeah, it was. It was, but I mean, today it's it's probably similar cost in what you're going to pay going out and getting coverage on the marketplace, but it's going to be better coverage, you know? So, so it's just, it's, it's not to say it doesn't work. I'm just saying, go into it fully understanding. And that's where your advisor really should help play that role is showing you the options. And, and, you know, if they don't have somebody in-house that can help with that decision and show options for medical, make sure that you've got somebody that can, can show you that because that's a big gap that you have to fill.
0: Well, and I think the point that you made is that if your advisor's not addressing those potential gaps on you, then you, you you've got an issue there because right. it can be it can seriously, well, it could hold you up. Really, like you right. could be ready to roll and 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 maybe retire a bit earlier than you thought, but that medical thing could be the thing that the linchpin that kind of stops it. So,
1: oh yeah, I mean, for a married couple, if you're going to the marketplace and this isn't great coverage, you can spend easily fifteen to eighteen hundred a month. For coverage and you still have a five to seven thousand dollar deductible
0: yeah for more that's hefty so
1: you know so I mean you're talking eighteen twenty thousand a year yeah. premium cost you know yeah. you've got to understand that because that's, that's, yeah, that's a lot to pull out of your yeah it's a lot to pull out of
0: your retirement accounts so because that, that could impact your, your longevity of your retirement account. So, something yep. and that,
1: that's after tax money. So, right. yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, okay. Well, so let's talk about the next one here, then, which is inflation. On when we're trying to mine these gaps, yep. the inflation gap man, this this joker right now is, uh, you know, oh, yeah. it's saying hey, you know, and it, that gap is, has gotten a bit wider.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, it's kind of, uh, you know, remember me, <laughs> I think. <more. laughs> <laughs> Most of us have forgotten what inflation was really like, right? I mean, you know, oh, the, the last years. 10 yeah. years, we've been in this low deflationary environment in some points. I mean, over the last 10-year time frame, there's been three years where Social Security didn't even give a cost of living adjustment. And there's a
0: pretty were, big one that's coming up
1: there. there. We were de- deflationary, yeah. And they're talking the, the next one for 2022 is in the 6% range. Which I you know which I know, I mean, you last think time back, it's like that's yeah, huge,
0: yeah, the last time we saw something like that, and to me, if that wasn't an indicator that we've yeah. got inflation going on even more than they're honestly admitting on camera or in interviews, that right. was like that kind of sign of, hey, y'all, this is a bigger deal than they try to play it down to, you know,
1: yeah, yeah, so I mean inflation and I've told clients this and we've planned for this all along it's it. it to me is probably one of the bigger concerns you have to understand and plan for in your retirement because everything moves in cycles, right? I mean, markets move in cycles, interest rates move in cycles, inflation does the same thing. If you follow what's taken place in that cycle, I mean, we've we've ridden this wave of interest rates and inflations down, kind of bouncing around the bottom for a while. At some point, it's going to tick back up. That's just what happens. I mean, if you look at history, that's what goes on, right? We go through these cycles of inflation, deflation, you know, I mean, it, it's back and forth, just like markets do. Yep. So nothing you should be surprised by, make sure you're understanding it. It's built into the plan and then what's your plan to help hedge against that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you got to have a plan to deal with these gaps. Then that's the next one. That was that inflation gap. Yep. Uh, the long-term care gap kind of touched on that a little bit with the Medicare in some conversations, but Medicare doesn't cover long-term care. So yeah. it often winds up being a place where people kind of disassociate that.
1: Yep. Yeah. And there's all sorts of misunderstandings around, you know, what is quote unquote, long-term care? Does Medicare cover it? Well, there's yeah. some benefits under Medicare that, that might look like long-term care, but they're very limited mm-hmm. and, and very specific qualifications to even qualify for them. Right. You know, but yeah, again, when we're planning for clients, how we approach it is number one, let's make sure the plan works, if everything works fine and you pass away in your sleep, let's say, you know, it's that normal, what everyone would want, but then you have to stress test it and understand, well, what happens if that's not your reality? And unfortunately for more and more individuals, their reality is going to include some form of long-term care.
0: Getting that, that gap covered because yep. that oftentimes, more times than not really, is what ends up happening. It completely wipes out a, a yep. couple and the second person is really left in bad shape and, and, and they've lost their spouse to
1: boot. Yes, Yeah. I mean, it's something that you, you have to understand, run the math, you know, we've talked about that a lot of times, but you've got to understand the math and cost of long-term care and how are you going to pay for it? If it happens, don't, don't wait till, you know, I'm too young for that. I'm going to look at it later. And and because, as life insurance goes or anything else. I mean, when you need it, it's too late. You can't get it. You know, When the house is on fire, you can't call your insurance agent and say, Hey, you know that policy you were talking to me about? I think I need it.
0: Well, and what is the average Phil? Do you happen to have any just off the top of your head for long-term
1: care stays? It, it's what two to three years on average. Uh, yeah. For- I mean, it's, it's two to three years. It kind of depends on, you know, what you consider quote unquote long-term care. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it generally moves in stages, you know, the, Traditional long-term care, you're confined to a nursing home. I mean, generally that's a shorter period, maybe even 18 months or less for most people. But I mean, leading up to that, there's some kind of assisted living or maybe home care early on, and and that brings up a whole another set of questions. Is if you had your choice, how would that look? Yeah. You know, would you rather have care at home first or? You know, well, I'm going to spin everything down and let the, the state take care of me on Medicaid, you know, which I, I mean, think that, that, people, that's right. a plan, but not, not necessarily but a, good a good plan. plan yeah, know? I think most
0: people want to go with the home thing, obviously. And right. so, you know, the type of illness can determine the length. And then, of course, it can determine the care, the need. And yes. it's, it gets pretty hefty. So you gotta it, it mind, does. Yeah, you got to mind. That mean, if, you get.
1: if you look at the average um, cost of nursing home care today, and this is a semi-private room, so it's not even your own room. It's in excess of 95000 a year.
0: Many times on the show, we have to go to this area that, because it's the, A, we're humans, we're all going to pass away. Yep. And B, it is the nature of what you do. You're going to inevitably uh, be in a situation where there's somebody left behind. So yes. we're calling on the widow gap. Now, it could be a widower's gap as well, mm-hmm. but we're calling it the widow gap. And there's a couple of key components there that are going to create this gap you've got to be mindful of
1: and uh, hit them up yep. for me. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's something that if you haven't looked at with your advisor, you have to understand what that looks like. It's, Mark, to your point, it's not a a comfortable discussion, you know, but it's it's reality. I mean, the the bottom line is there's going to generally be a surviving spouse for some period of time, you know, three, five, ten years, especially if there's an age difference in spouses. I mean, it could be more. Right. And, And several things happen. I mean, we know for a fact one of them is the lowest Social Security benefits gone. You know, so plan for that. You're going to lose income. That's a gap. Yeah. That's a gap. You know, the other thing that could happen if you have a pension, you know, there could be some kind of a loss depending on survivorship options. So if you took a 50% survivor option, okay, well, so my spouse now is going to lose, you know, one of the benefits, the lowest of the two, but, you know, so call it a third of the income, maybe there, you know, maybe lose 50% of the pension. So that's a pretty significant drop of income so far. Big time. How are you going to supplement that in, in most surviving spouses really don't have that much of a decrease of, of income need. It's going to be some, obviously, I mean, yeah. there were two cars, you know, the one spouse had hobbies, things like that. Right. But housing is housing. I mean, that whether it's one or two people is pretty consistent, you know, yeah. The reality is they might go out to eat more than what they did before because it's just that, you know, travel. Right. Might, I mean, cook, there's a lot of things yeah. that, you know, looking for I,
0: one just kind of yeah. gets weird. And yeah.
1: And, and then the last one that is often overlooked is taxes. Understanding what that looks like, because when you were married, the tax rates were married, filing joint. Mm-hmm. And those brackets are in today's environment twice what they are as a single. You know, so just some simple numbers to put it in perspective today that married couple, they pay 10% tax on about the first 20,000 from 20 to about 80,000 is where they pay 12% tax. A single surviving spouse, you become single now, cut those numbers in half. So the 10% bracket's only 10,000. You're going to get to the top of that uh, 12% bracket today, not at 80,000, but at 40,000.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So
1: very often a surviving spouse with less income is going to get forced into the higher brackets. So you have to plan for that. And that's where having money in that tax-free bucket, the Roth bucket, so to speak, yeah. comes into play heavily for a surviving spouse because now they get to control their taxes by managing where the money's coming from and pulling from that bucket.
0: And that's pretty massive. I mean, that's a heck of a, a, a gear it, change it's huge, yeah. yeah, to deal with, and if uh, unfortunately you know things happen and it, and if that happens sooner than you expected, and often it does comes out of the blue right yeah uh, there's many times where we we see it coming and, and there's situations we know that's going to be the case, but often it comes out of the blue, and so right. if you didn't take care of these things ahead of time, it's kind of like the flood insurance there's you know yeah. you're not much you can do about it. You're going to have to now ride that wave. unfortunately.
1: And that's back to the stress testing. This is one of the other stress tests that we run is, okay, everything works great. If you live to whatever your full life expectancies are, but what happens if one of you passes away and we look at for both spouses tomorrow Yeah. and then yeah. in five years and then in 10 years and 15, just to help lay out the facts of, Hey, if it happens, this is what it looks like because the concept of, Oh, I'm retired. I don't need life insurance anymore. Generally is the case, but oftentimes if something happens early, there could be a gap, maybe for the first five or 10 years, if something happened, there could be a gap, understand that and plan for it.
0: Your, your job is to shine the light on the gap. But bring it back to my initial thing of the, you know, tripping on the subway there. Uh, Your job is to shine the light and say, Hey, let's, let's mine this thing and let's do something about it. If you choose not to do something about it, that's on you and you still go ahead and trip. Well, that's because right. you didn't listen to that advice, right? Right.
1: Yeah. So at the end of the day, all these points need to be covered in your plan. You know, so if you don't have a plan that's looking at every one of these, you got a gap. Start, start looking at it. You've got a gap, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. understand you're probably missing something somewhere that you need to revisit them. We try to shine light
0: on them on a regular basis here on the show. And, of course, as always, if you need some help, make sure you're checking with your advisor. If they're not talking with you about these, bring them up to them, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: To bring them up to them and say, hey, listen, what about this, this, or this? And if you're still not getting that kind of conversation that you need to have or want to have, that's okay to go get a second opinion. You could reach out to Phil, of course, if you'd like to at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. There's ways for you to contact him, get in touch with him. If you're watching this on YouTube, the number's on the screen. So lots of ways for you to reach out and have some conversations for yourself. Phil, my friend, thanks for hanging out with me as always and uh, having these conversations. I appreciate it.
1: Not a problem. We enjoy it. It's a great time.
0: Yeah, we'll see you next time. We'll have some more conversations coming up a little later on here in September, but enjoy yourselves. Have a great, safe week, folks. And we'll see you next time on Phil's Tax Hacks